Welcome to The Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts us all. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. This episode of The Broadband Bunch is sponsored by ETI Software, your zero-touch automation experts. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Broadband Bunch. I'm Joe Coldabella and we are at SRC Live. This event is hosted by the NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association. Joining me is the Chief Program Officer for Heartland Forward, Angie Cooper. Angie, welcome to The Broadband Bunch. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. No, it's it's so great. And um, before we dive into Heartland Forward um, and that story, um, uh, I would love it if you could sort of give some background on yourself. I think you've got a really interesting story. Um, how you know you basically went from one of the largest conglomerates in the world to a startup. So if you could share that with the listeners, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, it's great to be here today and share a little bit about what we're doing at Heartland Forward and and personally how I got involved with the organization and sort of my career path. So, as you mentioned, I worked um, for an organization for 17 years. Uh, Walmart is the name of the organization. I think I've heard of it. Uh, A small mom and pop (laughs) store. You know, it did start with one store and and, um, grew um, quite rapidly over the years. Uh, But I was with Walmart for 17 years, primarily always in the state and government um, relations, public affairs role. I spent time working for the company Uh, in the middle of the country. I was based in Arkansas where their corporate headquarters are located. I also spent some time on the coast, so lived in San Francisco. And at that time, the company was building 300 stores a year. So I was um, actively engaged with local communities, getting those stores approved, but also working on regulatory issues around environment and and other policy issues at the state level. I, I moved back to Arkansas uh, it's been, oh my goodness, probably about 11 or 12 years ago. Time definitely flies. Absolutely. But um, when I moved back, was had the opportunity to create, at the time, what we called state and local policy. And then right before I came to Heartland Forward, I was leading global public policy for the company. And it was a fascinating role. Walmart's in 28 countries around the world. Um, and I had the opportunity to work on policy issues, everything from workforce to healthcare to trade to tax. You sort of name an issue, and they're engaged in each and every way. And I loved what I was doing. I had the opportunity uh, to not only lead global policy and work with experts on my team that knew those issues inside and out, but also really got engaged in the company. And um, believed in sort of the culture and the way the company was founded. Um, Sam Walton, you can argue, is probably the top entrepreneur um, of, of time. And um, really the culture of taking care of your associates and your communities and, and had a lot of great experiences leading um, different organizations within the company, one being the Women's Resource Council, and, and loved what I was doing. And, and like many people, thought I would do that forever. I'd been doing it for 17 years and thought I would continue, but um, had an opportunity. Someone reached out to me and said, hey, we're starting this policy think and do tank called Heartland Forward. And 
and we hear you're from the heartland and we know you understand policy, come join us. So uh, the Heartland Forward was actually started, um, the kind of concept with our flagship event, Heartland Summit, in 2018. We became a think and do tank in 2019, and then I joined uh, the organization February of 2020. So uh, it's been a great experience. I love what I'm doing. Uh, it's pretty interesting to start a startup uh, right in the sure, middle absolutely. of a pandemic, uh, yeah. but we did it, and and we are just so anxious to continue to do the work that we do, and uh, especially talk about broadband and and what it means for our communities. It's it's great. I mean, you you barely you know weren't busy at all. So, but it's it's crazy. There's so much there to unpack. The first thing I sort of would love to talk about is the fact that it's kind of it's kind of ironic that that you were global and now you're going to the heartland. So it's it's awesome that. That, um, it's a great pivot. Um, if, if you could, um, what would you guys consider the heartland? Because I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, people think different things in terms of what it is. And if you could sort of talk about that. Yeah, it's a great question. A lot of times when I say I, I work for an organization called Heartland Forward, they automatically think that it's rural America. And I remind people that the heartland as we define it, is 20 states. So think everything from North Dakota down to Texas, over to Alabama, up to Michigan and Ohio, and all the states in between. And when we look at those 20 states and um, being an organization that's focused on helping change the narrative about the middle of the country and kickstarting economic growth, the heartland, those 20 states, is actually the third largest um, economic region outside, uh, economic region in the world outside of the U.S. and China. Oh, really? Wow. So it's a pretty amazing big heartland doing big things. And, and what's great about it, and really how it is across our country, is communities and states, states specifically, are built on large cities, smaller communities, rural communities. And that's what that's what should be bringing us all together because it all has to work together for us to be successful in the future. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more and I, and I love the name Heartland Ford, but I also love the your sort of your 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 tagline or slogan that you guys are a think and and do tank and and it's important that that you know policy is thought about, but ultimately it's also really important for for folks to take action. Absolutely. So the Think and Do Tank, the model is, and like I said, when we launched as the Think and Do Tank in 2019, we really did, I like to say, focus a lot on the think side. So we built a team of economists and researchers. We have in-house economists and our research team and my colleague Dave, who leads that team, they're doing great work. Um, We've put out reports around economic recovery. We've put out reports around how the heartland needs to improve to succeed in entrepreneurship. We've talked about reshoring. And one thing that has been great about sort of the work that we do from a research perspective is we really engage and try to understand and compare and contrast the the rest of the country to the heartland. Um, We also work with some external fellows Richard Florida, Joel Kotkin, many people that are are well known um, across the country. But I have the opportunity to work with my colleague Dave and I lead the do side. So we have a programs team and both our research and programs are focused on four pillars. That includes innovation, entrepreneurship, human capital and workforce development, health and wellness and regional competitiveness. 
We talk as an organization between research and programs every single day about how do we put our research into action and how do programs drive research. And if we ever have a report that is written and sits on a, a shelf of an economic development director in a state or a community, we will have failed. And if we ever launch a program that doesn't bring real data and real expertise and just launch the program and start doing, we will have failed. So we do believe that um, both have to work together. And, and really, we're the first of its kind. That's a think and do tank that's focused on the middle of the country and how do we help improve the economic uh, development. I absolutely love that. It's one of those things where, uh, and, and I, and, I love love how you guys are, are looking forward, and it's sort of like Heartland Forward. And I, I think forward is actually really an important and key theme here at, at SRC Live. Um, how important is it for you know small rural communities or or, or even even, even mid sized places um, to uh, to embrace technology like broadband? It's a must. So we actually started about a year ago thinking about, okay, if we're going to help improve economic development in the middle of the United States, what are some key elements? If you're not connected online, it's pretty hard to compete in this day and age. Absolutely. And we've talked a lot about the digital divide and what that means, but we really wanted to approach, uh, a year ago, we started what we call Connecting the Heartland to High-Speed Internet Access. We're focused our efforts today in four states with the goal to expand across the heartland those four states are Arkansas, Illinois, Tennessee, and Ohio. And when we first launched the efforts, the first thing we said, and this was before the you know, historic federal infrastructure dollars were approved to come to states and communities, but we said, first, how do we close the gap between all levels of government? That you could probably name an issue outside of broadband that that there's opportunities to do that. But we really wanted to focus in, okay, if we're gonna talk about this federal infrastructure bill, how will, what will it really mean to communities and how do we make that work? And then like many other people, we thought about availability, adoptability, and affordability. And we're not, we're not pushing money towards infrastructure because that's what we're here to talk about today, the experts that are in the room that right. actually, that's what they do. They know how to build that infrastructure. But we're focusing on connecting communities across the heartland and in our four states, really around that affordability and adoptability piece. Because there's lots of education that needs to happen. But to your point earlier, if we don't have connection to high-speed internet, it's going to impact our overall economy. It impacts how you search for a job, train for a job, do a job. It impacts how you receive your health care and the technologies needed there. It obviously, COVID shined a spotlight on education, but let's, again, going back and thinking forward in the future, students are gonna be learning all over the place, right? And they have to have that, that access to um, high-speed internet. And like I said, it's an economic issue and we just have to have it. And we have to have it uh, all over the country, whether it's in rural communities or larger communities. No, those are, those are all fantastic points, and I, I love the fact that in terms of just inclusivity, in terms of bringing everyone in, into the fold, and I think that it's important for, for ISPs and the folks in the broadband community to also bring in um, government officials, because ultimately, um, they're the ones who, um, you know, uh, put rubber to the road and get things done, and I, I, um, I know that you sort of have a, of a, of a close kind of relationship with um with with that if you could talk about that, that would be awesome 
Yeah, absolutely. So I did sharing earlier sort of my path in my career. It did, it sort of was rooted early on in my life. So I grew up in a town called Enid, Oklahoma, which is about an hour and a half northwest of Oklahoma City, not quite to that Oklahoma panhandle. And I was growing up, um, my father was the mayor while I was in high school. Now, it wasn't very popular that I had the father that was passing <laughs> the curfew and, you know, um, making sure that, that we were all doing what we were doing, but it really taught me early on about civic engagement and what it means and how do, how do communities, what no matter what their size is, how do you use your assets and build upon that and grow and take action and move forward? And I, I still say to this day, and I remember um, as, you know, a student in high school and watching my dad, um, the magic happens when you bring the right people around the table, and that is government, that is industry, that is uh, philanthropy, that is just people that care. Um, that's our education systems, and and really, that's what I think the broadband efforts and what we're seeing now with those historic dollars that are coming down is how do we help build plans? Um, and we're running a program called Accelerate in a few of our states. Um, to help local communities build their broadband plan. And the first thing we say is, who are those 12 people first that need to be around the table? That's a great and, point. Yeah, it, it's really beneficial. And um, the folks that are here today, the ISPs, I mean, they've been doing this for a long time. I, I When I laugh and talk to them and, and kind of tell the story, they're like, sometimes we feel like we're the mayor because we've been like that, you know, <laughs> they know how, they know where we live, they know our where our office is and they walk in the door and our residents walk in the door and ask questions. But we just got to remember that too from an organization like mine or a business and industry. A lot of mayors um, and city council members, it's part-time positions. Right. So, and it's like it's not like they don't have other things going on. It, you know, it's everyone needs to be connected, but it's also everyone needs um, the, the the lights on, and everyone needs. Absolutely. So it's one of those things where I, you, I think you're a hundred percent correct in terms of having a champion in your community, and and that could be someone from the ISP. But it's one of those things where you need someone to sort of carry that torch and to to help guide those those officials because it's critically important to have everyone sort of going in the same direction absolutely absolutely so um this has been a, an absolutely great discussion as, as sort of we wind down um one of the things that we love to do on the broadband bunch is we love to ask our, our two sort of standard questions and the first one is if you've got a great smile on your face is uh is our back to the future question so angie i'm going to give you the keys to the delorean if you could go back in time uh, 5, 10, 15 years and, and whisper in someone's ear, even, you know, if you want to, your father's ear or, 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 or your own ear, what would you say to yourself in terms of, of, of making the journey a little bit easier? Um, yeah. I would say focus specifically on broadband. We shouldn't have let it gone, have gone this long to not have people connected. We should have put the infrastructure in place and let's be strategic and smart uh, and work with those assets that we have in our communities to ensure that everyone has high-speed internet. You know, we turn our lights on every single day. Uh, we should be able to turn on our computers and get connected just as quickly. No, I think that's a, a phenomenal point in the sense that it's it's like, um, I, so you're basically saying it's like, don't wait. It's like now's the time to, to strike while the iron is hot. There's, you know, billions of dollars up for grabs, and it, this, is a, this is a really important opportunity for us. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we, we can't stop and, and we got to move fast and accelerate, but we got to be smart about it. It's a lot of money that we don't want to see wasted. I mean, that's a that's a, a great point because that's a, a fear of a lot of folks is that there's this this avalanche of money coming down the pike. And it's like if it's not spent wisely, we're missing such an opportunity. And it's like that might not come around again in, in our lifetimes. And, and connectivity is so critical to, you, to your point in terms of just life in general and, and also for the economic aspect as well. Absolutely. All right. So we, you answered the, the back to the future question. So I'm going to ask you to unfurl your crystal ball and look into the future three or five years. And, and where do you see Heartland Forward um, and what are the things that you guys are going to be sort of tackling? Yeah, I mentioned earlier our mission is to help change the narrative about the middle of the country and kickstart economic growth. I never want to change the fact that we're going to be a resource for communities and we're going to be constantly creating data, research, and reports on the kickstarting economic growth. And we're going to be boots on the ground, roll up your sleeves, working with local communities to do that. What I would love to see change is not having to change the narrative. Uh, Our lives are always going to be about stories. But I'm a strong believer that the coasts need the middle of the country, just as the middle of the country needs the coasts. And and we're one country, and we should all be working together to do that. And we've got a, you know, broadband's a nonpartisan issue. So, you know, crystal ball is that we keep it a nonpartisan issue and that other issues that are important to our economy in the heartland and across the country, that that we do reach across the aisle to get things done. Um, because that's what, that's what our residents and... And, and people that are driving for action and doing good want from all of us. Awesome and, and, and fantastic points. Now, uh, now, what if folks want to, to find out more about you and your organization, where can they go? Yeah, so uh, we encourage you to go visit our website, heartlandforward.org. Check out the, the list of reports and, and things that we've done on that think side. You can also learn about some of our programmatic efforts, specifically connecting the Heartland to high-speed internet, and then some of the efforts that we're doing around growing entrepreneurship in the Heartland. It's awesome, and I know actually it's, it's, uh, you're going to be speaking in about 10 minutes or so, so I really appreciate your time. Thank you so very, very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and um, I hope it's a great rest of the day. Awesome. Hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the Broadband Bunch. For everyone, thanks a lot, and see you later.